Today I'm with Swanee Davis. Swanee is a DJ, electronic music composer, and producer from Australia who's been based in Tokyo for the last two decades. He's DJed at various high-profile venues and events, including luxury hotels where he makes house, pop, rock, retro, and soul and funk mixes that create an inclusive, fun, and engaging vibe for all. Swanee is currently the resident DJ at the very nice Andas rooftop bar in Tokyo. He also plays regularly at the Trunk and Pullman Hotels and has a selection of other quality local bars and clubs. Swanee composes and produces deep house tech music, which we'll talk about. And if you stay tuned to the end of uh, our podcast today, you'll get to hear some of his original house music. His music's been described as soulful and catchy, accessible and smooth, with super groovy bass line combined well with soft and dreamy atmospheric pads. He has officially released three songs so far that are available on all major uh, music stores, and all songs have been played on Inter FM 897 uh, in Tokyo. He plans to continue building his skills in this area whilst also exploring other genres that could complement and contribute to the ongoing development of his own unique style for future releases. I think you'll enjoy my conversation with Swanee, and uh, we have a good time. We get to talk about uh, many things uh, about the business of music, uh, how to make better mixtapes for your friends. Uh, we get to find out what an atmospheric pad is, guidance to follow your passion, work versus finding the muse, the importance of learning your craft, focusing on processes instead of outcomes, uh, the trap of perfectionism. Uh, we talk about surf skating, and Swanee will tell you what music you should play for your next barbecue. So without further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Swanee Davis. Good morning and welcome to the Barefoot Lunch Podcast. I'm live with David Swan, Swanee Davis. Swanee <laughs> Davis, I was going to screw that up. First thing off, here with Swanee Davis in his studio, which is exciting. Yes, here we are. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. So I want to start off with a really, really simple question. What was the first album you bought? Ooh, first album I bought, actually, uh, it was a compilation album. Okay. Uh, back in 1983, it was a, uh, an album called, what, 1983, The Hot Ones, I think. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it had, I think, the hits of, just the, the hits of that year. Yeah. So, Do I you think, remember any of the hits? Uh, what, shoop, shoop, diddy wop, come a, come a wang dang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can remember that. Do you remember the lyrics of that one? I don't know. Yeah. I don't uh, know and one. I think it, uh, what else did it have on it? Probably it was a Duran Duran song okay. or two on there. Well, probably one. Um, I think it had White Wedding on it as well. Oh, Billy, Billy Idol. Idol? Yes. Yeah. I saw Billy Idol in concert. Oh, wow. Back okay. in the day. Yeah. yeah, I would have loved to have seen him. Well, I went to see the Colt. The Colt were, so that was the second time I saw the Colt. The okay. Colt were opening for Billy Idol. Right. And I went there instead of my senior prom. Okay. Priorities, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds like a much better deal. That's great. Yeah. yeah first, I was thinking first albums, that's a, that kind of forms your whole life. I like that you got in your studio, you got the big ACDC. Oh, yes. Yep. And uh, in... So that's an Angus Young signed guitar. It is indeed. Yes. Did you ever take it out and play it? No, no. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's not actually a guitar he's used, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just one that got signed by a okay. fan, and then you know they've put together all of the uh, the albums in there. Okay. Well, let's let's go through because you're we're going to talk a lot of music today. So sure. Let's take me through instead of a, a human biography. Let's go through a music biography. Take okay. me through. So we've started with the greatest hits. And uh, you're here in Japan doing DJing and creating your own music and doing some skating. You'll have to tell me about that as well. Sure. Um, what what led you from here to there? Oh, okay. <laughs> Big question. <laughs> Big question, indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, I started out, you know, listening to a lot of rock and pop uh, in the early '80s uh, yeah. when I was a teenager. 
Um, you know, one of the uh, talking about ACDC, that's one band that I've been a huge fan of my entire life. Uh, I think that first time I listened to, to Jailbreak and, you know, the sound of that, uh, that rhythm guitar yeah. is just, uh, just outstanding. That still, uh, still makes the, yeah, the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Nice. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 from most of my youth, I, I listened to a lot of rock and then I got into hard rock and, and metal for a while. Yeah. And, Did you uh, have long hair? No, <laughs> you, never, you never had the long hair and kind of going ahead. No, like, no, I, I, you know, my parents were pretty strict growing up. I wasn't allowed to have long hair, so I, I, I you know, uh, and uh, just where I grew up, it really wasn't really the thing. There wasn't a lot of guys, you know, with with long hair. Yeah. you know, so uh, so I didn't. Okay. Um, so favorite and, bands? And now, going now I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd struggle with it. You know? <laughs> So your favorite bands were like ACDC? Oh, Kiss, and, you know, um, later on I got into Metallica and Megadeth and, you know, those kind of bands. Yeah. And uh, then in the 90s it was Nirvana and, you know. Because one of the questions I sent you over, and I I think you took exception to it, is uh, I was saying there's no music after 1980s, uh, (laughs) good pop music. (laughs) And that's just my my own prejudice showing through. So you got into the 90s and you got into the 90s and, you know, then through a lot of those sort of uh, rock acts and that that kind of thing. And and then I suppose, you know, going through the early thousands, the wheezes and and the... uh, uh, Foo Fighters and, and those sorts of bands. So I so I have a, a you know mainly actually a background in that sort of uh, rock hard rock type area. Were you playing music at this time? Oh yes, yeah. Okay. So I was uh, playing. Did they know about so I learned that? how to play guitar, and yeah. uh, then I started playing in cover bands, nice. and uh, oftentimes we'd get a band together and there'd be like three guitarists and, you know, I'd be the worst. And so I, I played bass. And okay. so, uh, so that's how I started playing bass. And so, uh, what was I your played first bass band? for years. Um, oh gosh, there was a bunch that we'd sort of formed where, you know, maybe we'd get together and we'd just jam in a, in, in a studio and didn't really do yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, so that was kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of fun. But I, um, I did really, that. With, I was in a band, and they made me play bass because I just couldn't do anything else. I think it. I think it happens to a few people. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna, you're, yeah, you're, I want to be in the. You, you can't be in the band because there's only four guys, right? And you say, right. Like, yeah, we like you. You can play bass. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, so that you know, and I actually discovered that it was a, a whole different instrument, and uh, I really quite like playing bass yeah. more than I like playing guitar. So, do you? Yeah, I do. Because your music now has like awesome bass line, right? Yeah, that's uh, well, yeah. I just I love the, the bass line. I love yeah. a bass line, and and you know, a big kick drum, and you know, that's where uh, you know it sort of led me into the music that. Uh, that I'm doing now. Um, so talk I mean, about just the music to, you're doing now. Yeah, just to, I mean, to take a step back, uh, I suppose how I came to this, uh, you know, so for years I've sort of dabbled in music yeah. and I, I really wanted to to do something about it, but it was it just, you know, life got in the way, you know. Uh, so I, I decided that uh, one day I'd, when I ever got the opportunity, um, you know, music was something that I was really passionate about and, uh, music would be what I wanted to do. Mm. And so I was very fortunate, you know, I did well in, in a corporate career and uh, I felt that, yeah, the time had come for me to, to do something else. I wanted to, you know, feeling like I was getting a little bit later in life, I thought, well, I want to do something that in the last part of my life that was, you know, really exciting for me. Yeah. And so uh, that's where I thought I'd just move right into music and, and, and do it properly. So uh, I started out actually thinking that I'd do more of a, an indie rock type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I was playing my bass and you know, recording it and, and, you know, writing songs that way. Yep. Uh, and um, that was that was fun. But then uh, I did a few courses with, with Berkeley online. Yeah. And uh, started to sort of through that 
uh, through the producing that I studied there, yeah. started to get more into, develop more of an interest in electronic music uh, and seeing the opportunities that were there for that. And so, uh, you know, knowing that putting together a band is, is, is a pretty challenging sure. exercise. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so then, yeah, moved into to electronic music and uh, I've been really absorbed in that ever since. It's, it's great, you know, uh, so mm. we talked we talked about it a little bit um, before about putting about the business of music. How do you think you're because you have a successful career in Tokyo, run a, a huge business? How has that helped influence what you're doing now to build a music career, a whole new career? Sure, yeah, that's <laughs> that's a great <laughs> question. Big question. Yeah, uh, I, I think one thing is is maturity, okay. because uh, you know as you get a little bit more mature, you hopefully become a little bit more patient. Um, you have a lot more experiences that you can draw from. Yeah, uh, I find I'm a lot more uh, patient and persistent than I would have been had I started doing this in, in my 20s. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, to have any level of success in the music business, I think you've got to be fairly thick-skinned and, and you've got to work pretty hard. And I think having had a corporate career uh, that, you know, I had some success at yeah. uh, meant that... I got kind of got a sense of, of how hard I would need to work to to have some level of success at, at this, um, and I'm still working really hard, <laughs> which is good. Which is good. But I mean, now you know, I see a lot of what you're doing as far as you know, you're doing a lot of gigs now with post COVID. You can kind of get out, and people are getting out, sure. so it makes DJing easier. Yeah. But I think uh, probably being at home for 18 months, you kind of can get an infrastructure on the internet going as well. And right. and I've talked to a, a lot of musicians that have been stuck at home. Yes. And one of the joys is they got to actually play. Oh, absolutely. Instead of going out on gigs or traveling or doing all the other noise, yes. they're just like, oh, I get to go and play. So Right. Yeah. How was the last 18 months uh, being locked up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm getting a frog in my throat. But uh, I got water. You want? <laughs> no, it's cool. Thanks. But um, yeah, it's it's been good for that uh, in the sense that prior to COVID, you know, I was, I was DJing every week, and uh, that, that's a ton of fun. You know, I, just, I love DJing. But um, the what being stuck at home meant was that I, I really had to knuckle down and get on with my songwriting. Mm. And uh, and producing and and mixing, which is you know most of what I do, yeah. and uh, not having anywhere particular to go and you know or anything else to do, it just means you get on with that. Yeah. And uh, you know I, I can be pretty disciplined about these things, so I, I just every day that's what I got up and did. So what, so what's and, your what's uh, I'm always fascinated by people's patterns. You know what's what's your work pattern? What's uh, do you have a kind of work pattern that you have on a daily or a weekly basis? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, sure. uh, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm a creature of habit. I, yeah. li- I like to, uh, you know, get into, well, try and get into good habits. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I start out usually by doing about thirty minutes meditation every day, and yeah. then uh, I'll be into my work uh, by about nine o'clock every morning. Okay. And. Uh, I'll usually, I mean, it depends what sort of things I'm, I'm doing for the day or, or what I think is going to get me there. But if I'm writing music, you know, I'll, I'll start out with usually trying to make a some sort of, you know, 16-bar, you know, pattern or loop that seems interesting and then try and, you know, build up from there. And, uh, and then I might take you know, a couple of days to sort of then build out an arrangement and, and a song from there. Uh, then it might move to mixing and then I'll take a few more days to do that. Then I send it off to mastering and then it'll be another week or so yeah. for that. 
but then other days it might all be about the the promotion and marketing side of it. I mean, I, okay. I'm, I'm doing everything myself, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know that can mean you know posting videos up on YouTube or um, you know SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all of the the yeah. you know multiple sites that you've got to be on these days if you, if you you know selling music. So. With uh, music, I think, or with any art, right? There's parts that. Like when I'm writing or if I'm learning a piece of music, there's parts that I like and parts that are not as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, well, what, what's, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your favorite part and least favorite part? The, that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people have a very romantic image about the music yeah, yeah. industry and, and that it's all cool and that, you know, you just do all these You're just sitting down really to your keyboard things. over there and just like... Just jamming, just pissing, jamming down stuff. And there, there are certainly elements of that, but there's a lot of work involved as well. Yeah. And uh, I don't think there's anything that I really dislike. I mean, okay. if there was anything that I really disliked, I might not be doing it. Because right? <laughs> um, I don't, you know, it's, this is one of those things you don't have to do, right? Yeah. You do it because you love it. Okay. And uh, there, are, there are things that I would say are less interesting. I mean, the, the editing side of, of stuff can be can be less interesting mm. uh, as can be you know flicking through multiple samples or, or uh, you know presets on a, on a synthesizer to try and find the one sure. you want uh, you know stuff like that can be can be a lot less interesting uh, as can be some of the uh, you know the, the the marketing and social media stuff where you've just got to you know um, dot your I's cross your T's make sure you've got your metadata right all those sort of things okay uh, that you know is somewhat less interesting, but that doesn't mean it's it's awful. Okay. You know, it's just uh, it's just part of the the work that you do, and and you know if you love the work you do, then then you work through that. Yeah. So, how do you find the difference between say you and I went out for lunch and you talked about DJing, yeah, and creating a mix, yes. right? And it's because I I used to love creating like say mixtapes for maids, right? Right. Different world, different. It's a different level altogether. Walk me through that process because I found that just super fascinating. Okay. Uh, well, I think usually it, it just starts for me with. Sometimes it's best not to think too much about it. Right? Okay. So in that sense, maybe it's it's not that different from you know the process you talked about by making those mixtapes for your friends. You know, uh, I I mean there may be people who do it other ways, but I I personally find it better not to think too much about it okay. and and just go and find a bunch of songs that I like, you know. Yeah. So mostly my mixes are going to be between sort of 50 to 60 minutes long. Mm. Um, so that's usually about 12 to 14 songs uh, for the type of music that I mix. So generally what I'll do is I'll pick 20 songs that I, I mm-hmm. I'm really into right now um, that I think, you know, I've got a chance of maybe sounding good together. Yeah. And then, you know, I just will put them into my, uh, my computer and uh, I'll play them out, you know, on, on, on the, the uh, DDJ and I'll see where they sound good together and what sort of transition I might want to do from one song to the next. And, you know, I just work through it. And, and when you're then, out, at, but when you're out live, yeah. And back in the good old days, you used to come up and say, "Can you play this song? Do you can you mix songs in while you're doing that?" Oh yes, yeah, yeah. The, it, uh, uh, of course, uh, it's. Of course. It's sort of, sounds, you make it sound... Well, yeah. Well, so, well, sort of... <laughs> I just happen to have well, a bit of adamant here. We'll just throw I that in for got, you. Yeah, yeah, well, I I sort of think it's the job of a DJ to entertain, yeah, yeah. right? So... Well, that's what you wrote down. You're, you're an entertainer. Well, I'd like, I'd like to think so. Yeah. So the idea of, a, uh, of what the DJ does, it should really be first and foremost about entertaining. And, yeah, yeah that's... That doesn't always mean that you play exactly what you're asked to play. Yeah. Uh, you've got to present something more interesting than that, right? You, you've got to come up with things that perhaps they haven't heard or play the songs in a way that they haven't heard them before. Mm-hmm. And you hope that you can introduce them to some new stuff too. 
Yeah. You know, uh, you, you've got to be interesting, otherwise nobody's going to want to rehire you. Yeah. So uh, I think that any DJ really should be able to kind of mix in, you know, anything they need to mix in. Um, if it's appropriate, it means this, this is the other thing. I think a lot of people think that when they go to see a DJ, that if they ask for a song, that it should be played. And yeah. sometimes it should, but sometimes it shouldn't, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, as a DJ, you're not just playing for that one person. Mm. You've got a room full of people, hopefully. Yeah. Um, you know, I've played to some empty rooms too. But <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not often. <laughs> but uh, you've got a room full of people you've yeah. got to entertain. And so uh, you've got to basically make some decisions about what's going to be best for the overall room. Now, if, yeah. that's, if that request works for the, might work for the overall room, then you throw, throw it in. Uh, if it doesn't, then I, I wouldn't advise it. And it's sometimes best to just say, well, we'll see how we go maybe later. Because you got to, I mean, you go through all kinds of different stuff. you got deep, tropical, funky groove, pop, rock, retro. I mean, right. you, you have to have a pretty deep, uh, <laughs> deep pockets when you're going through all that, right? <laughs> I, I have a question. So yeah. I'm going through your bio, and I'm going to go through that. Uh, I'll do that for the notes prior to that, prior to our, our conversation. But you were describing some of your music, and you said soft and dreamy atmospheric pads. Yes. What's that mean, dude? <laughs> what, 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 well, what's atmospheric pads? It's the it's that uh, uh, well, it's those those chords that you hear in the background. You know, like like the okay. uh, that, that sort of ambient yeah. synthesizer, sort of ooh, you know, uh, yeah. for one of a you know <laughs> a better sound. <laughs> they don't sound like I just made it sound, but you know. Uh, it's it's that uh, that sort of atmosphere that you have in the background that yeah. sort of is moving along. It's not the focus of the song, right? Okay. But the focus of the song, usually in my songs, is going to be the bass line and, and, and the kick drum okay. uh, with maybe some minimal vocal put in there. Yeah. Um, it, but at the same time, you, you need that sort of, some of those sort of chordal melodic elements, or at least in my music, I, I find I need some of those chordal mm. melodic elements to uh, to give it flavour, right, mm. um, and a, and a bit more colour than um, than it might otherwise have. So, for the Barefoot Lunch podcast, you were generous enough to do the the intro music sure. for that. So, for this one, we'll we'll do the we're going to put some music at the end. Okay. As well, so we put uh, so listeners can yeah. dive into your music. What's what's your favorite tune that you have spinning right now for for yourself? What song? Well, um, this is this is kind of <laughs> one of the I, things that I I, I, um, I mentioned to you before. Uh, I think when you make music, uh, and especially when you're starting out, um, each time you make a new song. Yeah. Uh, you, you hope that it's going to be a better iteration than than the first one you made. Mm, mm. So uh, I find sometimes going back to listen to stuff that I made, you know, a year ago, yeah. uh, can be a bit hard. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> you know, I, I, I like to move forward with yeah. with every song, and I feel like every time. Uh, I make a song. I, I learn so much, and because your first one was, you want to do what, right? No, that's that's the current one. That's the current one, that's which current is very one. good. Thank I you. Really yeah. Like that. So that's that's probably the one that I'd I'd recommend right now. Yeah. Uh, but I have a new one coming out uh, okay. this Saturday. Oh, nice. So tell us about that. Uh, what were you feeling when you? <laughs> what was I feeling when I did that? Um, Actually, this one does. This one has a little bit of a story to it. Actually, we should so, we should back up and say we, yeah. we we before we were before we were recording, we we made a joke about musicians or an artist in general not always having this big emotional spill of thought into whatever medium that is, whether it's paint or or music or writing. Yeah. Sometimes we're just playing and putting something out there. So we're joking about. David sometimes gets asked, what, what's this song? What were you feeling? So yes. that's, that's where we're diving into this. <laughs> so you have a new so, single coming out and, that's it, right. and you have, and you're going to tell us your feeling. Yeah. Well, the, the song 
this song that's coming out is called After This. Okay. And it kind of developed in the way that I usually write songs, but uh, the the main vocal is is saying, you know, after this, the after yeah. party. And uh, it's sort of at the time I was writing it, it was about the time when we started to come out of the the state of emergency yeah. here in Tokyo, right? Yeah. And so I was feeling this sort of I started going out a couple of times and of course you've got this sort of mixture of people who will say, Oh what, you're going out now? You yeah. know, it's it's too soon, you know, you you, you shouldn't, right? Uh, and then other people that, oh, yeah, forget about it. It's all right. No worries, you know. And so, <laughs> Do they sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the people I hang out with. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so you've got this, this sort of, you know, spectrum of people yeah. that, that, that sort of are in your ear about whether or not it's, it's good to go out or not go out. And so... Sometimes I'm sort of somewhere in the middle, you know. Uh, I started going out, you know, a couple of times. Mm. And it's sort of weird, you know. I found myself torn a little bit, you know. At some point, because you haven't been out so much for so long, it's become a bit of an unfamiliar feeling being out. Just, Just a little bit. It's not super weird, but it's just... It's nuanced, isn't it? Yeah. And so <clears throat> the song was, it, it's sort of, it's in a minor key, like yeah. most of my songs. Yeah. And so you've got this sort of after this, the after party. But at the same time, it's sort of, because it's minor, it's not that sort of, yeah, let's go. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit, ooh, you know. Yeah. And so... That's the background to that song. Okay. So it sort of was a fit with the <clears throat> where I was at the time emotionally, I suppose. Mm. And so I guess, you know, I could say the, the song is a reminder to me just to forget about it all and go and have a good time anyway. Mm. Right. Yeah, it's, I went out uh, with clients a couple of weeks ago, first time. Right. And, and uh, I was lucky enough sitting outside the restaurant and had beer in front of me. And sitting and I was lucky enough to be there early by myself and it was just I hadn't I realized I hadn't sat out in a restaurant for n- nearly 2 years. Right. And it was just in a blink of an eye all that had gone by. Right. It was amazing how fast that had gone by and then Yeah. And it helps us, you know, not take for granted a lot of what we do now when we go out and meet people and do you shake hands and yeah I, it's different i think especially you know my uh lot of real, i have relatives in the u.s and a lot of decisions are around politics whereas in japan it's a lot about health right <clears throat> and so you have people going out whether you go out and it's healthy or not and and how we go about it but it's nice that it tends to be safe and we're, we're out to, to be able, we can go out and do that now. And do you find that like you're playing at the Anda still in the hotel? Yes. Yeah. Well, beautiful. it is beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. How's now you're doing that now live and the gigs are back on and, and things are going on, on that. Uh, not, not quite yet. Not uh, yet. so mm-hmm. we're still sort of waiting to see how things go. Okay. Um, I, uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, it, it'll depend when the uh, when when the bar opens again. So okay, uh, we'll we'll see about that. But yeah, I, I think I think so. And um, it's it's a great place to, to play. So uh, very fortunate. Well, you <clears throat> now we talked a little bit about you know some of your singles. Yes. Um, are you going to put together an album? Talk about that. I yeah, don't want to put I, you on spot. I, I haven't decided on that yet. Yeah. Uh, the thing these days seems to be just to put singles out. Uh, I I'd like to put an album out. Uh, that would be you know wonderful. But uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'm I've got the songs ready for that okay. yet. Uh, and 
Yeah, it's. I think the way to do it for now, I think, is really around around the singles. Um, cool. That's then, what we were talking about before, yes. right? I mean, this. You know, used to listen to albums. No right. one, no one listens to you. Yeah. You listen to a single, and you kind of whatever algorithms come up. And yes. Um, but you're saying we were talking about YouTube. Yes, and and talking around the business of YouTube, and that's been uh, effective for for your business. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, um, it it hasn't yet been effective in terms well, of money making, but <laughs> it'll come but uh, it's YouTube is great in the sense that it has such enormous reach. I mean, it's what the second largest search engine. Yeah, and on the net, and and so um, it's a great place to have music put up and so uh i and i I like the idea and and the challenge uh of putting the music to some kind of visual Mm. um i think it makes it a lot more accessible um a lot more interesting and so i really sort of focused on, on on that um so i mean the videos that i'm putting with it now are fairly simple but yeah uh, my my plan is to sort of ramp that up and and make those a bit more sophisticated over time. Okay. Um, so so that's that's one thing, and and it just has enormous reach. I mean, the amount of people, as, as I think I was mentioning before, but you know, I've got people watching these videos in in Russia and Ukraine, Germany, Poland, um, you know, Japan. It's uh, that's amazing, right? Yeah. Especially now with the nice thing with. One of the benefits of COVID is that it really has made the world shrink, and and yes. we can do so many more things that we, especially we were in Japan, and we knew that we could never do remote work, right? That's right. just never going to work, and yeah, overnight <laughs> we can we can do that. We can do that. Yes. Speaking of work, one of yeah. one of the things that we asked you before, and I think it's important because that's part of what Barefoot Lunch is about, mm. is passion and following. Right. You've gone from a nine to five gig right into throwing that away and following your passion into something you love, which is right. you know, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, probably a bit scary some days, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, Give us uh, give us some insights uh, around the, your thought process with that. What about following your passion and uh, well, some guidance for people that are thinking about that? Yeah, I, I think that. Um, well, maybe I'll, I'll sort of back up a little bit about how I kind of finally came to the decision to do this. So, I was uh, you know at the, as you know I was you know you know senior executive job for a recruitment firm here in Tokyo and um, you know I'd been with that company for 17 years and it was it was great loved it uh, but there was a, I'd, I'd sort of got to a point where I was feeling um, a little bit I say bored uh, was is the wrong word but I, I wasn't feeling as challenged as hmm. as I would have liked to have been yeah. and there wasn't really going to be a next step so uh, I just thought, you know, what else am I going to do with my time? And and so I, I just thought, you know, I'd, I'd seen, and you've probably seen this too, David, because I know you're in recruitment, right? Um, that so many people get up every day and just hate what they do, hmm. right? Yeah. And yet they go, they continue to do it because they need to make a living, Right. Um, and maybe they don't know what else to do. Hmm. Uh, and I just, having seen so much of that, and that's, of course, that's not everybody. There's a lot of people that get up and do, you know, go into an office and they love what they do, and that's wonderful. Yeah. Right? Uh, we're, but, we're, we're just jaded. Most people actually do. Want, <laughs> well, thankfully, not all well, people th- want to change actually, their job. But yeah, when you're in actually, recruitment, I think, I think, I think everybody. The majority of people are probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I, I just, wanted to make sure that what I was going to do, you know, for the rest of my life would be something that would make me jump out of bed every day. Yeah. Right. And so I spent, you know, quite a, a new music was really what I wanted to do, but, um, I didn't really know I could. Mm. Right. And so, uh, I was 
part of a, a, a group um, called uh, Delphi Network, which you probably know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the guy who runs that, Dan, uh, is a great guy. And uh, I was talking to him about it. And uh, he suggested maybe that at the time, you know, we were looking at maybe me writing a book, hmm. right, uh, maybe about management or, you know, something boring like that, yeah. right? And so uh, we, we sat down, we talked, and, and he – I said, well, I don't know if I've got really the, the patience or, or the, you know, a deep interest in, in writing a book. He said, oh, you don't, no, don't worry, you wouldn't need to write it. We could find a, a ghostwriter, right? Yeah. And so uh, he introduced you don't have me to, do to it your passion. Just we'll outsource it. <laughs> <laughs> and so he introduced me to very kindly introduced me to uh, this uh, another guy called Roger Pulvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Roger uh, is a novelist. And he's mm-hmm. written several novels, great novels. Uh, he's made um, films. Mm-hmm. Um, continues to make films. Again, very interesting films. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, a really nice guy. And uh, we sat down, we talked, and. He sort of said to me, you know, it doesn't really sound like you want to write a book. And he said, uh, what is it that you really want to do? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, if I, if I had the choice, I'd, I'd do music. Mm. And he just said, why don't you do music then? Just do it. He said, you know, I, I made the choice to move into to books and movies mm. from, from academia years ago, and um, I've never, ever looked back. Uh, and um, thought, wow, okay, yeah, probably should just do it, right? And so I, uh, uh, you know, I talked to some more people, of course, yeah, yeah. and I spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I just decided, look, and he also introduced me to um, uh, his brother-in-law, um, mm-hmm. who happens mm-hmm. to be quite a famous music producer, mm-hmm. Uh a guy called David Nicholas. And so I had a trip to Australia and I met with David and, you know, talked a bit about it as well. And, you know, uh, they were very, very encouraging. And, you know, that, that, that really helped knowing, okay, well, these are guys that have done it. Yeah. You know, they've followed their passion and, and it's worked out for them. That's great. And so that was really encouraging. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I just... I looked at, okay, well, what am I, of course you go through your finances and you yeah, think yeah, about yeah. all those things. And I went through and I thought, you know what, I can do this. And so I uh, put in my resignation, uh, Rob Walters, and, you know, uh, served my, about a year after, <laughs> another year after I'd resigned. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then I started putting together a studio and um, studied a little bit with Berkeley Online just to get myself going. Uh, that was really valuable. And uh, I've just gone on from there. And the, the DJing has sort of grown out of that mm. um, as a means to sort of get music out there and and and, and play out. And I, I love the DJing. That's been great. That's awesome. A couple of takeaways, I think, just to put that in kind of a box is models help. Yes. Being able to see, uh, you know, go and do in research, right? right. Obviously, don't just... I've gone off and created different things, whether it's writing or, or mm. you know, starting a business. But it's usually you kind of do that muse on the side, right? And you you tap, you tap around a little bit. But I yeah. think it's good to do that research and trying to first. But then it's also helpful to have models. Yeah, you went and talked to those people in Australia. Yeah, and I I think you don't just go and pick up and and move. I yeah. you're talking about recruitment. You so many people are come into the office and they say, uh, yeah, I want to change jobs. I'm not, I'm not fulfilled in what I'm doing. Right. And in essence, they're looking for, at the wrong place. Right. <laughs> you know, work, I mean, work could be a nine-to-five job where you, and you might not ever feel fulfillment there. Yeah. But you should at least go and try find little bits and pieces, bips and bobs elsewhere right. to get started for that instead of just expecting your boss to give it to you. Because they'll just go somewhere else and be unhappy too, right? Totally, yeah. totally. Uh, you know, I, I think if you want to follow your passion, I think you need to understand what it's going to mean, right? Mm. Um, and you've got to make a decision on how badly you want it. Because if you think that 
you can just, you know, and this is the thing I've discovered with music, you know, if you think that you can just start in a, in a very, very competitive business like music and make a go of it being half-hearted, uh, you know, <laughs> you really need to think again, you know, and, and you'll be very sharp. Uh, and uh, the thing is, you know, guess what? You know, a lot of the, the things that, you know, are fun to do don't pay very well. So you better understand what, what that's going to mean and, you know, how much hard work is going to be involved uh, in terms of, you know, making it, being successful in some of these uh, tougher industries. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, passion will take you so much, so far. Right. But whenever you're looking at something that's, um, that takes craft. Right. You you need to practice. There's like right. hours and hours and hours and hours of stuff that you're doing that, that cr- you go out and, and all of a sudden there's a new single. Wow, you, you, you bolted that out in a weekend, didn't you? <laughs> no, that's a, <laughs> it's taken years plus study and all those kind of things. It's It's not... There, you wake up if you leave your job and you wake up in the morning you gotta get to work it's the, and some right. people aren't prepared to work at their passion at their muse or, right. or and I think that's a different dynamic as well because when you're if you're working nine to five you don't need to make money at it and it, it's still a right. joy that's enough for right. a lot of people and that's just, a lot of people should just stay in that realm yeah um, because it can be quite scary to go out and realize you have to go out and do something else and make, and it becomes a nine to five job that used to be a passion. Right. 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 That's a- yeah. And and the other thing is that you know if you don't love the majority of it, there's going to come a day where things are hard. <laughs> and, right. Uh, yeah. And and there's and also especially if you're putting anything in front of the public. Uh, there's going to be pushback uh, and there's going to be people who don't respond the way you want to to whatever it is you're putting out there. And I think if you aren't prepared for that and you're just thinking, well, this is my passion, I'm going to be great at it and, you know, everyone's going to love what I do, yeah. then uh, you can be sorely disappointed. Yeah. How, do you, how do you keep going? I mean, it, in some ways you almost... I know that sometimes there's a mindset think, oh, gosh, I must be arrogant. No one's going to like this, but I kind of like this. And how do you right. keep busting through that that voice that says, to hell with it, just go do it. Or if right. I can get touch one person or it's almost like the field of dreams, build it and they will come kind of thing. How, how, do, you, how do you keep your yourself going when, when that lull hits? Ah, <laughs> I... I think I just try and focus on on what I need to do next, okay. right? What I think I need to do next, so uh, and and enjoy just the process, right? Yeah. Of, of of making the music and putting it out there and learning more about what I can do and how can I tweak it so it works a little bit better next time, uh, and that sort of keeps me from getting too worried about you know, what the reaction might be to it. Mm. That's so it's a huge takeaway, right? Because yeah. <laughs> being in a nine to five job, so yeah. I, I come from sales background. We come from yeah. sales background. It's totally outcome driven. Right. right. No, basically we're pushing process all the time because, right. but it's outcome driven, right? Yeah. Whereas when you're creating, yes, it's all process. Right. It, it needs to be. There should be outcomes as well, but it's the process that's the, the, the joy and the yeah. the delight on a daily basis, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's the other end of it where there are people who are, you know, doing any form of art who never finish their art, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. there, <laughs> there are a lot of people, you know. So for me, the really important thing is finishing a song and getting it out there. If I If I've done that, then... I can sit back and say, well, I've achieved that, right? Now, who listens to it? Well, that's a, that's a whole other level. And if I get worried about, oh, you know, you know, I've only got this many people listening to it or I've had this kind of reaction, now, of course I take note of that. I think, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be lying if anybody would be almost lying to say they didn't take notice of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you've kind of, I think 
to keep going, you've got to just keep putting that in the background. And I think what I'm doing isn't going to be for everybody. I know that. Uh, you know, no matter how much I try, there are just some people who are not going to like deep tech house music, <laughs> right? We'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah, I, you really like I'd it. like to change that, right, and try and make it more accessible. And, of course, you know, I've got to write better songs too, right? So that, that, that helps. But I think it's also understanding that, look, no matter how much you do, some people just don't get into it. Uh, and the the trick is to focus on those people who to identify and focus on the people who do. Uh, and so, you know, I, I really want to try and mm. build more of a a loyal fan base, if you like, of of people who um, who enjoy this music. And and I say loyal fan base is probably the wrong word. I don't really want it like that because it sounds like you know, whoa, look at me. But no, a, a more of a community around that of people who are interested in the music and people who who enjoy being a part of that community. I was uh, talking to a friend of mine, and, and she describes it as a, a tribe. And right. I, I think that's just a, a, a cool way to kind of describe that. Yes. Uh, I think uh, the other thing I'd highlight for, you know, as well as worrying about other people liking it, the yeah. other trap that artists can get into is perfectionism. Right. Oh, this just isn't right. I, yeah. There's always a, it's like a Japanese cup. There's a flaw in it somewhere, right? Right. And, and so you take it. That's, that's the beauty of it. That's the humanity of, yeah. of what we're doing. Well, actually, on that, you know, yeah. you know the first ACDC album, High Voltage, the guitars were recorded out of tune. Really? Yeah. But it's never, it's never impacted their sales as far as I can tell, it's, right? Why was it out of tune? Oh, it's just, just, an, just an error, I think, that they made during the recording. <laughs> so... Uh, I, you know, I haven't confirmed that for sure, but I, I, I've heard that you know, from a couple of different places. Wow. Uh, but it never really... So there you go. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I try... It's I'm probably lesson. almost on the other end of things. You know, I'm, I'm sometimes not enough of a perfectionist uh, and I'm too keen to get it out there and get it done. You know, I'm, I can be a little bit impatient with that stuff. One of my favorite so, phrases, done is better than perfect. Right. Yeah. So um, that's okay. You know, I think it's it's better to, well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, We're just going to put every willy-nilly. Uh, no, <laughs> no it's, it's not like that. But uh, no, I think um, I have to build in more, more balances and checks. Yep. into my process to make sure that I don't allow my impatience to impact on the quality of the product. Who, who's your who's your pre-listen audience? Who, who do you... Uh, okay, I think this sounds pretty... Who do you push that out to? Well, I've got, I've got a couple of friends who, okay. who you know, I think have got great ears, and, okay. and so I, I'll often run it by them. Um, and... They're really good about giving, you know, very accurate feedback. Uh, so so I do that. And then I've got uh, a mastering engineer who checks, who, who masters the, the track. Okay. And uh, he's also someone who will have a listen to it and, you know, suggest changes or, or things that things to do. But it's also about me taking more time to, to do it properly and, and focusing in on the details. And mm-hmm. so... Often I will basically finish something nowadays and put it down for a day or so yeah. and then come back and listen to it. Uh, that whereas, helps. Yeah, yeah, it helps enormously. Yeah. Um, and sometimes even longer than that to come back and listen to it yeah. because when you've spent a whole lot of time on something, especially in music, you your ears get used to hearing it a certain way mm. and they get tired so they don't pick up on all those little points yeah. that uh, they would when they're, when they're fresh or when the music is fresh again to you. Yeah. So it's really important that I put it down for a bit and then come back to it uh, and I found that helps um, along with just taking more time to focus in on the details. So mm. I might, especially at certain points in a, in a song, I might just focus purely on the drum track. Okay. Right? 
But, and sometimes even more specifically than that, I might just focus on the snare yeah. for, for you know, one session to go through and think, okay, where are all the hits? Are they sounding right? You know, is anything out? You know, mm. could I use a better better snare sound than what I've got? Would that be more appropriate? Mm. Should there be more reverb on that snare? That's great. So uh, that sort of focusing in on that sort of detail really helps. I mean, I think most producers do that, so I don't think there's anything special about that, but it's just my my nature doesn't naturally lend itself to that kind of, <laughs> kind of focus. <laughs> but I think that's, you know, my takeaway from that is it's the same as writing. Yes, right. you, you need to put things away for a bit and let them ferment. Right. And then come back. The challenge is, because if I know with writing, you can put it away for too long, and then the 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 spark that created right. it is gone. And, yes. and the idea has morphed, and then all of a sudden that art is kind of off to something else. And yes. Then it starts to be something that it's not, and then basically it goes in the trash can somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, and then you can go into editor mode and you can do, because you now don't feel the same way as when you wrote it so you can then get in and destroy it too yep. uh, that's and that's something that you know you want to seek to avoid so yeah I think you're right about the the point about not leaving it too long mm-hmm. uh, is also is also a good idea so sake of time I got uh, we got three questions but I want to first before we dive into that I want to do you're talking about skating skating <laughs> Tell me what it is. Of all the funny things to yeah to just segue into to segue into. Yeah. Uh, well, look, it's not actually. It's really a, one of those things that I've done on a whim. Um, my daughter, uh, who's eleven years old, uh, was watching the Olympics. Yeah, uh, the Olympic skateboarding. Yeah, and uh, she got really excited about skateboarding and wanted to get a skateboard. Sure. So for her birthday. Uh, we got a skateboard. And so when I was a teenager, I spent a bit of time skateboarding, but I haven't really done it since. And uh, so I got out there and I was teaching her just some some of the basics to get it going. And uh, I thought, gee, you know, I really do quite like this. (laughs) This is quite fun, you know. And uh, You found your balance. It's okay. uh, It came back I think okay. it's like riding a bike you you I'm scared yeah scared the hell out of me to get back on a skateboard we got one sitting yeah. in the our foyer for my son and I'm just like I was kidding my wife the other yeah. day I was like I, I could ride that to work yeah I don't know I think I'd hurt myself oh let's go I've got one here we'll go try it after this <laughs> but uh so I so I started looking into what options there were I'd, I'd thought about long boards because they're they look pretty cool, you know. Some of those, uh, yeah, you know, the videos and things you see of people riding longboards on those uh, those trails and so mm. on. It looks great. So I, I uh, longboards on trails. So yeah, I mean, that's something yeah, that's different. Different. Yeah. But I, I started doing a little bit of research into it, and, and recently uh, there's a, a type of skateboard that's come out called a surf skate. Okay. And this surf skate is is a bit like a uh, it, it responds more to your movements like a surfboard. Okay. So the trucks uh, at the front are a little bit looser, and so you can actually you turn it, right? And actually you can propel the board by rocking back and forth it's on the board. It's not the one with... No, it's like a ripstick. That's okay. the ripstick you're thinking about. Yeah. But the rip, it's it. Uh, the balance thing is a little bit like that. Okay. Uh, but you can propel the board even uphill huh. uh, with the movements, with your... You know, your the shifting your weight back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, where, so you don't have to push. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I've got one of those. And I just, <laughs> I just think getting out the front, you know. Having Did you go out of the park or what? Uh, the, at the moment, I'm, I'm still just, you know, getting my skills up on okay. it. And so I, I mainly just go out the Front door, front, of, front door on the street. So, for those of you who are listening internationally, we're in we're in Tokyo. Yes, and sometimes you can get that might be frowned upon. That uh, no one's chased you off the street and saying no. Oh fine. no, 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 it's fine. No. Okay, yeah. cool. So that's worked fine. So I got uh, some questions for you that I ask for every Barefoot Lunch podcast, okay. and uh, I've sent them to over to you. But I'm going to twist them a little bit, okay. so you're not prepared. <laughs> so we already know your favorite lunch is barbecue. And, yes, and that's yeah, of course it is. Because uh, you, you're, you're Australian, you have to 
like a Barbie and uh, a beer, right? Well, you don't have to, but it, but uh, I, I was, think a lot do. I thought yeah. it was just a passport. It's like <laughs> <laughs> koalas, <laughs> kangaroos, and barbecue. Like yeah, said, absolutely. Yes, I saw crocodile Dundee. It's all true, right? Uh, what? So, what do you? What music are you gonna play at my barbecue? Oh, I'll have to play uh, yeah one of the Swanee Davis uh, mixes. Oh, which yeah. one? Well, the most recent one. Okay. So I've got a deep tech house mix one that I've just put out on okay. uh, on YouTube. So yeah, check that out if you're for listening. Okay. Please uh, get the. To, we'll, please take a look the we'll have a link in there for for that one. Yeah. Okay. So that's going to be at our barbecue. Right. Perfect barbecue mix for yep. for a summer day. Yeah. If you were to to go out to uh, one of the things I always ask about lunches, where right. who would you invite to a lunch? Yeah, uh, <laughs> David Sweet. Absolutely, that's the. <laughs> and, and who are we going for to a barefoot with? lunch? Even. Yeah, for a barefoot lunch. That's right. Um, no, uh, I think when you mentioned this question uh, earlier, um, I, I think I would probably just say someone like my mom. You know, it's great because uh, she passed away uh, about seventeen years ago, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, you know, if you, you said, I think the way you phrased the question was that, you know, if you could bring back someone yeah. from the dead, whatever. Well, that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd bring back my mom from the dead and, you know, we'd, we'd catch up uh, for 17, after 17 years, we've, uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to speak. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so I'd want to basically, you know, have a lunch with her, I think. That's awesome. It's good to, should uh, be proud of you, I'm sure, with uh, everything that you've accomplished in life. <laughs> well, a, I don't know. You're a, you're a fine gentleman. The, the one person you can you can please is usually you know with your achievements is your mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, you've you've done way above that in, in the world. And then uh, you know if you had, and then I asked this a bit differently, and I and because I always ask, is there a book that you would recommend to people? But uh, I, what's a, a piece of music you'd recommend to people that you think that really maybe they're motivated? motivated you or just kind of still moves you yeah i this is a a tough question it is a tough question because with music i don't think see i could love something yeah right and i could say to you david you absolutely should listen to that track you know and you've done that on several occasions and so they've been new music so right sometimes Sometimes it works so give us something and the listeners might go out and and say oh yeah david swan recommended well actually i i think i've got a slightly different take on that yeah right so what i'd say (laughs) what i'd say to people is this that i think there are so many people especially as we get a little bit older yeah right who still listen? We're just a little bit older, not much older. Exactly, yeah. and it's it's all a state of mind, right? <laughs> but I think that there are so many people who are still listening to the same music that they listened to as teenagers. Yeah, right. Or it might not be the same music, but it's basically by the same bands, or it's the same genre, or it's the same style. Yeah, right. And I think that you gain so much from just getting out and listening to something new, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and there are 60,000 songs a day being uploaded to Spotify. 60,000 songs a Amazing. day. Right? If you can't find something new in all of that, I think you're not looking very hard. Yeah. Right? The, and so I would say my recommendation to people is go out and find something new, right? Go and find a new band that you, you haven't listened to before. Maybe try and find something that isn't being thrown up to you by the Spotify algorithms because yeah. that's just going to throw up to you more of the same stuff that you always listen to, yeah, right? Um, go and seek out something new. So go and find you know, an up-and-coming band or, you know, if you've... If, if you've been into to rock bands or whatever, go and find something electronic, yeah. right? Um, and and vice versa. You know, if you've been into um, into say electronic music, go go and find you know a rock band or classical yeah. music or, or go to jazz or or folk music or or hip hop. You know, wh- whatever it is, but go and try out something new and and. Try and understand that music. Give it a good listen. Don't just throw it on as, as something you have in in, in the background. Um, that's what I'd recommend. Because I, I I don't think 
there's any there's so much great music yeah. out there it's uh i think that's a brilliant recommendation i did uh during COVID, there's two things that have just changed my life musically 100 one was for some reason i wanted to listen to the rolling stone 500 top albums right and so from 500 down to one yeah and i I got another mate of mine, and we basically listened to all of them. Right. So that was interesting to explore a lot of different genres that I would never listen to. Right. But the second one was uh, taking up the ukulele. Right. And I've just been, because I'm not, I I don't want to do Hawaiian music. I I got into it for jazz and kind of Tin Pan Mm -hmm. Alley. Right. And it's just led me down a whole rabbit hole of music in the the whether it's ragtime or jazz or even modern jazz that I would have never just listened to with open ears and uh, appreciated. Right. It's just like, wow, it's a whole, there's just so much out there. So you're talking about so much music coming out on Spotify every day. We still have time as well going backwards in time of all the music that's been recorded that we, we still don't even know about that uh, we can yeah. discover, which is brilliant. Yeah. And there's probably a few of those ACDC albums that uh, I know a couple of them were on the, the 500, a couple of them I haven't heard. So yeah, have to dive into that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, David. You're welcome. So if uh, people want to find out more about you, mm-hmm. we'll put uh, links and where else can people go to find out more about you? Well, you can go to uh, swaneedavis.com. Yeah. Uh, that's swanee with a double N and, and uh, davis.com. Okay. Uh, no punctuation in the middle. So uh, that's uh, I've got that website. Um, also, um, I've got a YouTube channel. Uh, so maybe go and check out the YouTube channel that has all of my songs and mixes up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on, on Spotify. Um, sure. But there's, a, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much on every platform bar Twitter. So... Uh, and we'll put because uh, your your new single will be out by the time this comes up. Uh, sure. So we'll put a link of that. We'll put some music at the end, which is great. Okay. And thank you so much. It's been yeah. wonderful to sit down in your studio. It's, uh, it's been wonderful. A pleasure. Got your own film. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Dave.